0: Love Talk Radio. Hey everyone, the weekend is almost upon us, and thank you for spending your lunch break with us. Welcome into catching up with Bob Lavelle. I'm your host Joe Parello. I'm joined as always by the man himself, the face of Boston sports for nearly three decades, Mr. Bob Lavelle. And we got a little interesting dynamic here because Bob's actually joining us from a golf course today. Bob, can you hear me? Well, here it is.
1: I can. Here's the deal. Let me hit this one shot uh, up on the green, <laughs> and and then I know it's not the British Open, but let me hit, it'll buy me more time, okay? <laughs> all right. I'm serious, I'm not lying Put the phone, give me two seconds okay? That? You got you got all the time
0: in the world This is the internet So you know, we uh,
1: <laughs>
0: we don't have any strict rules Anyway, today Bob and I are going to do a little chatting We're going to talk some MLB All-Star game uh, Whether you actually watched it or not uh, A lot of people don't really find too much interest in the All-Star game these days uh, The Home Run Derby was a bit of a show this year But all I think right. the big thing we're really going to touch on uh, As Bob rejoins us uh, Bob, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the All-Star Game. We're going to be a quick show today. The big thing I think, the big takeaway from the All-Star Game, was the reception that Mariano Rivera got for his final coming out with, uh, you know, the Enter Sandman music and everything like that. Obviously, he's going to go down as, as one of the greatest closers, if not the greatest closer, uh, in Major League history. Uh, just kind of, what did you think of the reception he got, and, and where do you put Mariano Rivera historically? I know, you know, I know we're Boston guys, but you got to give the devil his due. Sometime. He he's one heck of a player.
1: Uh, yeah, no problem with uh, talking about Mariano Rivera and etc. The reception was, I thought, really great. Not many players, if any, get that opportunity. I thought Fox did not do a really good job in covering me, covering it because mm-hmm. I didn't realize that the other players didn't go on the field out of respect. But in, you know, he was there. He saw it. He experienced it. The fans obviously there enjoyed it, but. At home, we just didn't know that he was like alone out there. Uh, yeah. So, um, hang on two seconds. I got to make <laughs> a one arm hit. Not a bad shot, huh, Doug? <laughs> one arm, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, he's not giving me that thought. So. He's brutal. Um, so, he deserves it. My big recollection of him is opening day 2005. At Fenway Park, and the Yankees were there, and they were giving out the rings for the World Series of two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. Every one of those Yankees stood on top of the dugout. And Mario Rivera, when he was introduced, got the big, you know, big cheer from the Boston fans because he's the one that gave up the walk to Millar, and uh, <laughs> the stolen base to Robertson, the hit by Miller. So he knew it, and um, he got a huge cheer from the Fenway fans for that, and. He played right along. Big smiles off of the cap and puts the class guy all the way around. Plus, you know, for a guy that had one pitch, he could pitch. So, it was great. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah one heck of a pitch. One of the most dominant pitches uh, in baseball history. Mario Rivera will certainly go down uh, as one of the all-time greats. Uh, we won't really dwell too much on the All-Star game because, like I said, you know, it's an exhibition. <laughs> it's, it's fun. But, uh I want to look ahead, and like you said, this isn't the second half of the season. We're actually entering sort of the the final third of the season. Uh, And looking at the Boston Red Sox, obviously they've been a big surprise, you know, a big shock to everybody. Uh, But you look at them, the Tampa Bay Rays are coming on strong. Those Yankees aren't too far back if they can get healthy. Who do you think is the biggest threat to the Red Sox uh,
1: going down the home stretch? You know, uh, such a great question because it could be any one of the other four teams uh and this the next couple of weeks starting tomorrow night's gonna to be huge mm-hmm. to you know between the Yankees and the Devil Race. Um I think Tampa not Devil race, the race. Tampa's mm-hmm. Tampa scares me because all of a sudden they're starting to play well and I think it's gonna be the team that's that's hot. I, so the three the, the next seven games that Fenway, three with the Yankees, four with Tampa. People know a lot more after that. I really um, but I do think it's going to be a great couple months coming up, Joe. Uh, I'm, I'm talking August and September because yeah. uh, this is going to be a, a terrific uh, race to see who gets in the postseason. And then, well, we'll have to see what happens with Buckholz and and the other guys that are injured. But so far it's been really very rewarding. Great walk-offs and you know, a couple of huge disappointments, but... It's been much more than the fans ever expected, which is, of course, a recipe for great success.
0: Yeah, a recipe for success and a recipe for kind of winning that fan base back. We, we've talked a couple times about how important that was from
1: PR perspective. To a large extent, I think they have.
0: So. Yeah, Well, like you mentioned, the next ten games are absolutely huge for the Red Sox, all against the American League East. They've got the Yankees coming in for three uh, over the weekend, starting tomorrow, uh, I believe they play tomorrow night at seven, and they got a Saturday afternoon game and a Sunday night game, and then they welcome in the Rays, who have won what nine out of their last ten for four, and then they head to Baltimore to face the Orioles. So, what are you looking the next ten? Wh- what does Boston have to do in the next ten to kind of keep their momentum from the first
1: part of the season? It should sure be nice to get Buckholz back and get their starting rotation yeah. solidified. I mean, I think that's really. The key. I'm not worried about them hitting, scoring runs, etc. But Mm -hmm. I really think if they're really going to make any noise and be a, you know, a serious challenger, they are going to be. It's it's necessary that they get their pitching in some kind of a decent order. Here, let me move on to you while my partner swings. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Go ahead, Buck. We're good to go. We're good to go. The key, I think. Yeah. Blacky solid. I don't know if, what the deal is with Lester, but Buckholz scares me because I have this feeling he may not play the rest of the season. But, I don't know, he's so fragile sometimes.
0: <laughs> well, pitchers can be like that. It's a very tricky thing once uh, they start getting those nagging injuries. But, like you said, the Sox are scoring runs. Uh, I believe right now, in almost every category, they're one of the two best offenses in baseball. Uh, but now the question comes, after those ten games, We hit the end of July, and, of course, that trade deadline is looming the last day of July on the 31st. Do you see the Red Sox making any moves, Uh, maybe augment their team, or maybe send a certain somebody off uh, and try to get some value back in return?
1: Well, you know what? I think that their history has shown they've been players at the uh, the trade deadline. Uh, They're not afraid to do it. I think we pointed out uh, last week, the first two months, you find out what you got, the next – two months you try to fix what you don't have in the last two you play so this is the end of the last the middle of two months and he's going to find out he knows what he needs and I think maybe the starting pitcher I mean we say this every year and it seems to be the same thing every year but it's a little different some teams now with the extra wild card are probably not willing to deal so quickly because yeah they're still in the realm of being buyers as opposed to sellers but You never know what you're gonna have to throw out there. I think another huge question is what they gonna do with Ellsbury. I mean,
0: yeah,
1: here's a guy free agent, but on the other hand, he's been he's been really phenomenal this year. Phenomenal, you know. Forget this power loss, just phenomenal.
0: Yeah. So obviously, Ellsbury is the one big question mark. Uh, You know, obviously trading him would probably not improve the team in the short term, but sometimes you feel like you have to get some value. Uh, back in return before guess, you lose them for nothing. I guess
1: yeah. I guess it's what you get back for sure. Absolutely. But uh, I, you know, my good. bet is they're going. My bet is they'll keep them for now.
0: Yeah, and I, I would probably uh, probably agree with that, Bob. Just because you know the, the season's been going so well, you don't want to roll the dice and try to mess with your mess with well, your chemistry, well, mess you with know,
1: your mojo, if you will. Here's the deal. It's all about your philosophy. You, you, you really try have to. I think you really have to play. Uh, for the year that you're in And where you are in that year And okay, the Red Sox are in first place at this point And they have a shot at, uh, at going deep in the playoffs So I think they have to Keep as many good players as they can And then you worry about next year uh, Because of their situation You can only deal with so many things You don't want to get into the what ifs So uh, I think right now Their play, they have to keep them Are they going to be able to sign them? I doubt it But you worry about that mm-hmm. later
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Bob, i got one last question for you, and then I'll let you get back to your round of golf as we kind of, you know, pack up shop a little early this week. I want to talk a little bit about the New England Patriots. I know I didn't mention this to you, but I wanted to give you a hypothetical. The Red Sox are in first place right now, 10 huge games coming up. The Patriots seem to win 12 to 14 games every year. At this point, more likely, Red Sox in the playoffs or Patriots in the playoffs? Or do you think they're both a slam dunk?
1: Uh, that's, That's a great question. Um, I, first of all, Celtics not in the playoffs, and yeah. the other three teams will be. I do think the Patriots will uh-huh. be, and I and I I do think the Red Sox will be. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's not an either or, but okay. If mm-hmm. it had to be an either or, I would say the Patriots would be there, uh, only because there, there are too many questions for me on the Red Sox. But uh, you know, it would be it'd be terrific if they asked a shot to get in.
0: Yeah, and. Like you said, uh, too many questions. We've certainly seen in the past couple of years how things can turn around uh, for the worst for the Sox in a hurry. Yeah, we Yeah,
1: right? But other teams are in the same boat as well. So, yeah, no uh, doubt about it. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for joining us. While you play around a golf, you've been, uh, been very, you've been very patient, very kind, and, yeah. and uh, just because the rest of the people on this golf course hate me doesn't mean you have to take the brunt of it. So, thanks for being so understanding.
0: Uh, All right, no problem. Always a pleasure, the great Bob LaBelle. Thank you, everyone out there for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Okay, Doug,
1: let's go. Thanks.